Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. Hey, it's Dope Nostalgia. I'm Naomi. If you haven't had a chance to check out our new hotline, uh, I actually have a hotline for the show now. You can literally pick up the phone and call and leave us a voicemail uh, that we might feature right here on the program, as well as any suggestions you have. Let us know. I think I want to start doing polls again on, on our Twitter, um, Nostalgia Dope. That's our Twitter page. You want to check that out and follow us. Give us a tweet. But um, I started doing polls each week um, to see what for the featured artist of the week, what your favorite song is by them. But they didn't really take off. But I'd like to get back into that. So once again, check us out on Twitter at Nostalgia Dope and follow. And then I'll start posting polls again eventually. I'd also like to make some tweets where you guys can contribute. Like the next one I want to do is um, post a picture of you and one of your favorite celebrities you've met from the 90s. And uh, we'll feature them on our Twitter and we'll retweet them for you. It'll be great. Lots of fun stuff to do while we're, uh, you know, staying home, waiting for this uh, pandemic to ease off. Um, also, we're ha- featuring a really cool guy today who uh, I learned a lot about. And I didn't know hardly a thing about this band except for that one big, huge smash hit they had called uh, The Three Little Pigs. Green Jelly. Or you can call them Green Jello, too. But uh, I think they go by Green Jelly for the most part. William Manspeaker is Green Jelly, and uh, he told me so many interesting things about how the band, how he still tours. He is the sole member as of now. Um, He hires band members when he goes and plays different parts of the world from the cities that he's visiting. So it's really interesting how he set that all up, and he's here to tell us all about it today. Now, we got, a, I think, about almost an hour into our interview and got disconnected, so... It does end kind of abruptly, but it it was totally worth it. Wonderful guy to talk to. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's talk about Green Jelly. Wikipedia Moment. Green Jelly is an American comedy rock band formed in 1981. I don't know if I'd call them a comedy rock band. There's definitely a lot of humor, but I think that they were making some pretty serious, awesome rock and roll too. Originally named Green Jello, the band changed its name due to legal pressure from Kraft Foods, the owners of the Jello brand, who claimed that it was an infringement of their trademark. Despite the spelling difference, the new and old names are pronounced identically. Known for sophomoric humor, theatrical performances, and intentionally crude musicianship, Green Jelly has had hundreds of members during its existence with vocalist Bill Manspeaker the only consistent member throughout. The band's early 1990s lineup included Danny Carey and Maynard James Keenan, who, if you're a Tool fan, you know what's going on there. Their biggest hit was the single Three Little Pigs, adapted from the fairy tale. Now their Wikipedia bio has a lot of information, so I'm gonna try to scale this down a bit. When we talk about the Tool connection, Danny Carey from Tool was a member of Green Jelly for five years and played drums on the album Serial Killer as Danny Longlegs. He is also featured in the video for Electric Harley House of Love, among others. Maynard James Keenan, vocalist for Tool, recorded vocals on the song Free Little Pigs. He sings the falsetto, Not by the hair of my chitty chin chin, 
Maynard is also mentioned in the song Green Jelly theme song in the lyric Maynard and Poopy, they're both insane and appears in the music video for Slave Boy from the album 333. Now, here's what's going on now. Green Jelly's still doing successful tour dates when it's not COVID time, so when things go back to normal, that's how it'll be. Funded by a successful Kickstarter campaign in 2015, the band released a DVD on December 1st, 2016, titled Green Jello Sucks Live, an experience in ridiculousness, later retitled Green Jelly Sucks Live, an experience in ridiculousness. Toronto filmmaker Rob Gabriel toured with and documented the band and their antics while on stage. They toured throughout 2017 in support of the film and its soundtrack. In 2018, the official soundtrack of the documentary Green Jelly Sucks Live was released via the Enjoy the Ride Records. In 2017, Green Jelly released a new music video and single titled, I, I think it says Frito Feet. I can't even read it. Written by bassist Mike Snyder with a vocal performance by Bill Manspeaker. In 2019, they released another single titled Silence of the Sponge, a macabre parody of the theme to SpongeBob SquarePants. Hey, they've had a lot of exciting things happen. Okay, this band is so wild and check it out. I'm going to talk with Bill right now. Welcome to the show, Bill. Hi. Hi. All the way from uh, Canada. Good to see you. Oh, really? Canada? What part of Canada? I'm in Edmonton, so... <laughs> I'm not allowed in Canada. Really? Yeah. They escorted oh. me out. There was, yes. a, there was a little incident. <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me more about this incident well it made world news my 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 uh 25 year old son recently moved to uh, china and uh he messaged me and said dad i turned on my computer today and you were trending in china <laughs> it, see it must have been good what's uh were you oh, it, it, it was it was fabulous it literally made world news. It went viral for a little bit. What part of the country were you in? Um, I was in Ontario, Canada. Mm. So I'm so so. This is the thing. Am I just not allowed in Ontario, Canada? Oh no, or it's all the whole. It's right. like the whole thing. I just don't, I just don't want to. I don't want to find out. Is is the thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, well, that I I got kicked out of the other Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different Canada over here. Totally different Canada. Oh, try again, but <laughs> well, obviously not right now. But imagine, like, do you oh, have oh, to like oh, me now? How do you find out? Do you call somebody, or you're like, hey, is this oh, no. coming? All I know is they told me to leave and never to come back. <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be a limit on that. We're a nice country. We can forget. You would think there there is. And that's what I was thinking too. I said, Canadians are pretty nice. And I didn't really break that guy's knees and I didn't really drown him at the river. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something you might get kicked out for just a little bit. But I thought you guys were playing in my city not too long ago within the last five years, but maybe not. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was playing Canada all the time. Yeah. Until the incident this year <laughs> this year oh yeah it was recent i recently got kicked out of canada 
And and then and this was after. Okay, so not only did I fly six hours mm. from California to New York State, mm-hmm. but then I drove three hours into Canada. So altogether, I traveled nine hours and three thousand miles to get kicked out of Canada. Well, that's a waste of your time. <laughs> no, I thought that was very productive. <laughs> and I did get to play the show. It just really? seems that, yeah, it, it, it seems that the guy, and, and I do this every, every week, I hop on a plane and I fly somewhere. I don't know where. Mm. Well, I kind of know, but I, I try not to know. And I land on a Thursday and I play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And as soon as the show is over on Saturday, I go to the airport and I'm out of there and I'm home by noon on Sunday. And this is every week for 12 years, nonstop. That works really well when you're a dad. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And a lot of it, a lot of the times, in fact, the majority of the times, um, my wife and my son come with us. But there's yeah. some places, you know, during certain months that, you know, my wife, who was born in California, uh, decides that she does never, she never wants to be there during December, you know, like Canada. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be here I mean, in December. Place, but because it's really <laughs> cold. Absolutely. Trust me. I would rather be somewhere else in January yeah. than here. California. Like right now. That's right. It's 85 degrees. Oh, wow. We're done with this. We're going to the beach. Oh, oh, I'm so jealous. (laughs) It's wonderful. And and, and what's great is, is I've had the last seven months off. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I've been doing shows nonstop since 2008, 125 shows a year. And and I'm talking around the world. Mm -hmm. So, one weekend I would fly into Canada, play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Another weekend I'd fly to Florida, play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Another weekend I'd fly to Europe and play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, no, no sense to where, where I'm going because it doesn't matter, right? Because I come back home every Sunday, so it doesn't matter where I fly, you know, mm-hmm. same couple hours in the plane. So you can just randomly, you know, go in any, any direction. And uh, we try to avoid the uh, the winter months, but but Sorry. sometimes we don't do the math right. And so <laughs> it happened. So so this incident recently in Ontario, Canada, which I believe was February. Uh, again, February. I wasn't doing the math of the. Oh cal- no, you were not. <laughs> and it, it only. Not only did I travel all those hours to get thrown out of Canada, but it was a huge blizzard covered everything in snow. I woke up in the morning like, holy shit. You know, <laughs> I, I leave California and it's 90 degrees. And then I wake up in Canada, and there's four feet of snow out. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, and when it's cold in Ontario, it's worse than it is here because <laughs> it's humid there. It's way worse. The, the thing that I miss the most is breathing in the winter and all your nostril hairs freeze <laughs> try to it's explain like, that to somebody that lives in california that it's, it's literally so cold that your, your nose hair freezes <laughs> it's true how many times in your life 
Have you walked outside with wet hair because you were late and you had to take your shower, of course, in the morning? Crunchy. Eh. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. And it I, happens to me at least once a year where I crunch my I, hair. I lived in Buffalo, New York, most, well, half of my life until I was 25. So um, I lived with this all the time. Mm. And uh, back then, um, I had hair. <laughs> <laughs> and had super long hair so it was probably at least as long as yours and um i'd have that problem every morning you know going to high school you take the shower in the morning you leave and your hair is wet and it's frozen mm. by the time you get to school and this, this was just part of your life <laughs> thaws out when you walk in the door and, it's yeah, all, and you like... accepted it you accepted it. like oh yeah this is this is the part of the year where my hair freezes for the next six months this can't be good for our hair it just can't <laughs> but we accepted that <laughs> yeah. for our entire life and, and then one day when i was 15 years old my mom uh flew us to san diego in march for a little two-week family vacation me and my mom mm -hmm. and we had left this horrible blizzard in buffalo new york and we land in, in san diego california and next thing i know i'm at the beach on cliffs going through tide pools in march my hair is not frozen <laughs> and i'm like mom <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> why aren't we here all why? the time <laughs> And, and I got the old, uh, it's our roots. This is where our family lives. It's it's where our roots are. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I, I got my car when I was uh, 25 for, for, for one reason. I'm in Buffalo, New York, and I'm a bum, okay? I'm living at my mom's. I'm drinking. I'm in a crappy band called Green Jello. <laughs> and, um, you know, life is drunk and stupid. And, and one day I was just like, you know what? I'm, I am so embarrassed to borrow $20 from my mom every Friday and every Saturday so I can go out drinking, looking cool. I got, I got, I got to get me a job, and so I just bought a, you know paper. I'm looking through it, and I see this ad in w in which most people will just they'll, they'll they'll just not even look at it and and they'll continue their life. I saw an ad in the in the newspaper that like caught my attention. It said auditions for the Gong Show. It was a game show from oh. this that you purposely went on and you made an ass of yourself. And then they had one token talented person who would win the game, but they would have, you know, 10 jackasses mm -hmm. and they would win some turtle wax or some Lee press on nails. And then the winner guy would get some sort of hotel in some stupid town like I don't know, Reno. Well, I should say Reno. Some some sort of town in America, you know. And they have this little mini vacation. 
So most people would just not even pay attention to that. But me, here I am looking for a job. <laughs> and, and the thing that catches my attention is the ad to, to make an ass of yourself on TV. So I give them a call. Hello. Nice phone. Very nice phone. Thank you. Please don't use a rotary dial on it. Um. <laughs> no way. And, and, and even better. Okay, this is oh, the part. Wow. This this is the part that's going to blow your mind. Because I live in Hollywood. That's the phone from the set of Married with Children. No way. Yes way. Next time you see the show, you look and you're going to see it's the same show, the, the same phone. That's great. That yes. is great. <laughs> okay. okay. So, you so, the phone. so I call them up and I tell them I have this crappy band named Green Jello. That sucks. And people throw food at me and give me the finger. And I have terrible songs after farm animals called Obey the Cow God or, or uh, Rock and Roll Pumpkin or three little, you know, you know, just ridiculous songs. And they said, oh, wonderful. Meet us at the Debbie Reynolds studio Wednesday on Lakersham Boulevard in North Hollywood for your audition. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so I didn't tell them I live 3,000 miles away, right? <laughs> I was just calling up. I saw the number. Yeah, I was stoned, whatever, drunk from the night before. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I, I have an audition in Hollywood, California. So I did what any normal person at 25 would do. I, I got in my car. <laughs> I started driving. Five days. Okay. I, I had no idea how far it was. I never really left Buffalo except for that one time. My, my mom and the plane, that was only a couple hours, right? Right. Only a couple hours. How far is it in the car? <laughs> Five days later, I'm trying to get up the Rocky Mountains with my crappy car from Buffalo, New York. You, you know, the rust bucket, right? <laughs> the yeah. one that barely runs. Yes. Okay. I've been driving this thing for five days. And now, now I'm going to attempt to go over the Rocky Mountains with this. <laughs> All right. Now, again, I'm from Buffalo, New York. There's a couple hills. You know, mountain. Yeah, yeah. Mountain is just the next thing higher than a, a hill. Mm -hmm. can't, be, can't be that big. <laughs> Boom! There goes my engine. Blows up. Oh, no. It's some little town in Colorado called Silver Plum, Colorado. <laughs> okay? Mm. There's a post office in like four houses. That's it. <laughs> Worst place ever to break down. Yes. And I'm on the, to I'm, I'm on the top, though. I mean, I made it all the way up, but <laughs> my, my car's blown up. So now I'm fucked. 
I've traveled all this way. I'm down to like whatever my last hundred, two hundred dollars, right? Because I didn't mathematically plan my trip. <laughs> and now I'm stuck. And to to come get a tow truck to bring me down and to a shop, I can't, what am I gonna do? I, I can't fix it. And I'm almost to California and and, and, and we're talking the next day is my audition and I'm going to miss it. And that's when I realized I was on the top of the mountain. All I had to do was glide all the way down, right? Now I could glide all the way oh. down to Denver or... I could glide all the way down to Los Angeles. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and I putted my way inch by inch sometimes, literally. <laughs> and I made it on time. I got there 4 p.m. Wednesday. They didn't have they had no idea. How does it do that? Aliens. <laughs> of course. My so, word. I get there with my pumpkin outfit. Okay. Which is just a, a plastic pumpkin basket, you know, for trick or treat. That I've cut a hole in and I've put it on my head. And I have this yellow rain suit from living in Buffalo, right? <laughs> Just a common thing. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got a rain suit. They don't have rain suits here in California. But anyways, so I got this yellow rain suit in this Halloween bucket that I got on my head. And I give them my cassette of the song and I lip sync, which is not very hard when you got a plastic Halloween bucket on your head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i got on the show just like that just like they're like great you're on the show yes i just got to hollywood and i was on tv <laughs> national tv everybody made fun of me you're <laughs> i thought you were looking for a job now you're driving to california to be on a game show to make an ass of yourself <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> logical sense to me. And so I get on the show and of course I get gonged. And that was the purpose. Like I told them, I said, I'm here to be humiliated. I'm here to prove to the world that I have the worst band because somewhere in the future, okay? Cause this is 1987. And I'm saying to myself, somewhere in the future, someone is going to claim that they themselves have the worst band in the world. And then I'm going to come along and say, no, 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 no. I made that up first. And then nobody will believe me. Mm. So I went 3,000 miles in a rust bucket crappy car to prove that I have the most <laughs> terrible band in musical history. Now, in the year 2020, 
There's a zillion people claiming they have crappy bands. Uh, 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 no way. I have the footage. You can go on YouTube and press Green Jelly, Rock and Roll Pumpkin, Gong Show, mm. and you will see that in 1987, I have documented proof <laughs> that I, in fact, own the world's worst band. And I got the Lee Presson nails to prove it. Yes. And please, they're in there. Aren't now, they? See this cabinet behind me that I'm opening the door. Oh. You see this? Yes. Now, I see. I, I see. a toy store on Hollywood Boulevard, and you can see some random things behind me because I am completely insane. This is great. And um, I, I saw that movie True Romance. You ever see that movie True Romance? Yes. You bet. And uh, uh, what's Christian Slater? He lives in the comic book store, right? Mm -hmm. That's a movie. No. This is real life. I live in a goddamn toy store. Wow. Okay, so you're on Hollywood Boulevard. I was going to say, right on Hollywood but, Boulevard. Right on Hollywood Boulevard. But see this right here. I'm going to show you just to verify everything. This is my kiss lunchbox that I had as a little kid in 12th grade in high school. Wow. And inside of it, there are the Lee Press on Nails. Lee Press on Nails. <laughs> incredible oh wow in the same box as my sold out concert ticket from prague czech republic mm -hmm. and my security card badge plant protection for when i, for when I worked on nbc the, the the network mm -hmm. and I was the guard at the tonight show with Jay Leno how long did you do that for long enough to write the three little pig song really yes I wrote the song while I was a guard at NBC sitting bored off my ass and that's where it came from yes because I got here, I won the Lee Press on nails, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Which you know I have. This is not a lie. I have <laughs> the amazing. Lee Press on nails in my position. But now, as you remember from the story, my car is blown up. Mm -hmm. I can't get back home. So I gotta go get I gotta I gotta get a job. Mm-hmm. There it was. And that job, I wrote that song that sold 25 million copies. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if I never, hang on. This, this, isn't, this is my son, Chaos Diablo. Say hi. Hi, Chaos. I'm Naomi. Yes, Chaos. <laughs> What's your question? You never, you're, you're, your, your car never blew up. 
my car never blew up. Well, this was before you were born. Oh. This was oh. another. You're you're thinking about another time that you were on tour with Daddy. I I, I bought I bought him an old car, like a car we have right now. No, no, not our car. <laughs> I thought it's come in to correct my green jello story. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That is> adorable. <laughs> Tell, telling me what I was saying was a sham. <laughs> it's not true, Daddy. This it's never not happened. true. <laughs> oh, he's growling in the other room. What's the matter, Chaos? Everything's good. Don't worry. So. Oh, hang on, I'm just looking for one one more last thing. Okay. So, not only, let's re recap, not only in the box is the Lee Press announced and the security guard job at NBC that wrote me the Three Little Pig song, but also my ticket uh. to the Grammy Awards. Because I was nominated you for a Grammy. <laughs> it's so true. Okay, so so let's back this story up. Okay. If Buffalo wasn't freezing my nose hairs and freezing my hair on my head, I would have never drove 3,000 miles to make a jackass out of myself to later on be the guard for Jay Leno and then walk away with Lee Press on nails at the Grammy Awards. <laughs> at the Grammy Awards. Aliens. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Guess what, friends? I have a new voicemail number just for you. Give us a call at Dope Nostalgia. Our number is 780-851-8785. Leave us a message. Pick up the phone just like you used to in the old days. Remember before text messaging? Yeah, we used to actually call each other. If you just want to be heard and be on the podcast, give us a call. Once again, our Dope Nostalgia hotline, 780-851-8785. This number is Canadian, so long-distance charges may apply. What's the most interesting thing you've seen on the internet this week? Is it a fact? If you are going to the space station as an astronaut in 2020, or even for the last, you know, almost decade, you have had to learn Russian before you go. An article. My question when I saw this was, how is it even possible that she had hair follicles in her gums. That's not where they're supposed to be. Or something else. What was yeah. the one after murder hornets? Was it like arson sharks? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> right. That's what we talk about on Three Interesting Things, a weekly podcast where we cover the three most interesting things on the internet this week as chosen and submitted by listeners. I'm Don Grant. You've probably heard my voice on commercials telling you to buy something, but every week on Three Interesting Things, I'm joined by different guest hosts from around the world to chat about interesting facts and stories in the fields of science, pop culture, history, or whatever else is sent our way. So have a listen. We're on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And hey, if you've got something you want us to talk about on the show, hit us up. On Twitter at 3interesting, that's the number 3interesting. On Instagram at 3interestingthings. Or email us at 3interestingthings at gmail.com. playing you put did you put the band together while you were there in los angeles with all your players oh yeah yeah. how did you find them all i threw a rock i hit 20 of them in the head (laughs) you guys are in (laughs) you guys are in uh which what's that that's wonderful because that leads me to the next one because Mm -hmm. i have the guinness book of world records for the world's largest band in music history. Right now, I have over 1,000. 1,000 band members around the world. Once they've played with you, they're officially in. Yes. They're in the band. Until they get kicked out. And then when you go tour to that city again, hey, you just call them up. Yes. Yes, exactly. Brilliant. And, and, and what's great about it, so I, I, I discovered this in 2012, because now at this point, I had been in my band since 1981, all the way to 2012, and I've had random people in and out, but I've basically had steady bands. Mm-hmm. And what I was finding out is that they're annoying. <laughs> Okay, now yeah. now I know now I know why my favorite bands fell apart. You know, the guitar player, he's a drunk. The bass player, he's an asshole. The drummer cheats on his wife. Okay, and you gotta tolerate this. Mm-hmm. So so you're having the greatest time for one hour on the stage, 
But the 23 other hours with these fucking people, you, you, you want to you wanna gouge your eyes out. You're like, how yeah. are you that ignorant? You got four <laughs> kids at home. <laughs> what are you doing? So mm-hmm. these are the things that annoy other people in the band. And you, and you and you just don't want to do it anymore. And then you no longer value that hour stage time. And, and, and they're done. So what I've done with this is I've recruited actual fans. These kids were 10 years old, 13 years old in the 90s, and they bought that record. Yes. And back then, people were giving me this hard time, you know, because music was different then. And I came out with this really crappy band and, and songs really easy to play. And, and I was explaining, to, well, trying to explain to people, it's like, I want this to be easy. I want it so a 10-year-old sees it and is influenced by it and they can play it. And they, they themselves can say, hey, I can sing that. Or, hey, I can play that part on the drums. Or I can play that riff on the guitar. Because it was that simple. Mm-hmm. I didn't want this complicated stuff that confused the kid. I wanted him to say, wow, I can do this too. And, and nobody really got it back then in, in, the, in the early 90s, what I was trying to do. And now, you know, 20 30 years later these people are adults and that and they and that song the three little pigs are obey the cow god that was their first song that they ever played because it was the easiest so now they know these songs forwards and backwards so why not recruit them into the band make them a band make them a band member of their favorite childhood band Right? I think it's pretty brilliant. And, and then give them the moment. So now that one hour stage time, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've done this since 1981, since I was in 12th grade. We're, we're talking 40 years. All right. I've had my moment. Okay. <laughs> over and over again. And then it's fantastic. I love the moment. But the ability to give that moment to a fan mm. who dreamt of that and you give that to them for three days, a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, and then you're traveling with them for the 23 hours. You're, you're sleeping at their house. You're meeting their dog. You're, you're, you're going to their, their family house and they're telling you the story. This is my bedroom where I set my drums up and I played to my stuffed animals and pretend that I was in green jello at 10. Yeah. Now, all the time, the, 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 the hour stage is, is, is valuable. The 23 hours to get to the show, okay? Every moment is great because you're having these experiences with a new group of people every single week. And that same experience with the same group of people, well, some people have different ways of life and they have different ways of beliefs and doing things. And and sometimes, you know, after a hundred shows, you still get along with the person, but most likely you don't. <laughs> so now this way, 
we're talking three shows. And so if I play three shows, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Florida, and then next week I play three shows in Canada, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the Canada band doesn't give a rat's ass about the Florida band. They don't care that last week Tim puked all over himself and lost his car and and uh, Dave forgot his drums. Yeah. They don't care. But if you have a consistent band that you're bringing along every single like, oh yeah, you know, last week you were an asshole and, and, and I'm still mad, you know, you, you get you get all this grudge shit. All right. Mm-hmm. So now the you know the 23 hour travel time. Look at what a gorgeous day out. Look at this. Oh uh, you see that? Yes. Look, look at that sky. Beautiful. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I wish I could be there. Yeah. That's Hollywood Boulevard, right? Right, right here. That's <laughs> and, and you, you know what's really great. Now, again, just so you know that I'm not making up this stuff. Look behind me. There's my yes. store. It's, it's it's backwards. It's backwards oh. because of the camera, but it says sacred farts. It's actually not backwards. Oh, it's not backwards for no, you? No, it's good. Oh, great. It's right on. Yes. Oh, so there you can see the storefront, right? So see? you know so I'm not making that up. And so you people can see, are walking in and they're going, what is it going on in here? Place. I love it. And then even better, watch this. Want to see who my next door neighbor is? Mm-hmm. The weed shop. <laughs> <laughs> the greenhouse. Right? I live right next door to the weed shop. <laughs> How does All it right, work? Back- Did- how does it work to get weed? Do they have to just bring like a medicine card? You can just walk in. Like Canada? Yeah, you just walk in. Walk oh, cool. in, you show them your ID. Don't don't care. They don't care where you're from, but you, you have to have ID. Yes, of course. But if you're from Canada, it's not a problem. Whatever. Here you go. Here you go. All the weed you want to buy. You, you can buy, you can buy up to a half of a pound. See, I didn't know that was happening in California. That's oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, past, I think, uh, the beginning of, was it this year or last year? It's been a while. It's been at least a year. And, and for a long time, God, probably since, I'm going to say 2005, mm-hmm. when it first started, um, it, you needed the uh, doctor's, you know, certificate. Right. And, and not a problem. And then just this, I think, yeah, actually, it was just just this year they made it legal, and you could just go buy it. Hmm. And and the best part is, is the weed store is owned by my landlord, <laughs> and he's like a seventy-five-year-old little Armenian guy. Nice. <laughs> That's so great. If I if I could have told my teenage self in nineteen eighty-one. That my shitty high school band would sell millions of records and that I would live in a toy store on Hollywood Boulevard next to a weed shop. Oh, my God. That's a dream. It is. Dreams come true. And, 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 I've, and I've literally had this debate with my teachers in high school who told me, Mr. Man Speaker, you will not be making a living making a jackass of yourself. 
they were wrong. <laughs> That's the and, same. And this, is, and this is this all happened because I saw an ad in a newspaper. It's, That's it. It's like that movie, Yes Man. You just gotta say yes and do things instead of being scared and saying, "Oh, I don't know." Just go and do it. That is my favorite movie. Right? Yes. You just gotta do it. Brenna? Brenna? Hang on, I gotta. Can you verify something for me? Huh? Just in case I oh, don't. She's, him. She, yeah, no, she's too, she's too shy. But okay. Yes Man is one of my favorite movies. Of my entire life. That's so funny that you say that. But yeah, one of the best Jim Carrey shows there is. Oh I my love god! It. And it's and it's all so true. That's the best part of it. Mm -hmm. and, and and have you seen it a couple times? Are you familiar with it? I've seen it, but it's been a few years since the last time I saw it. Okay. It's been out for because a there's now. there's that scene where they're in the bar, and it's all wood inside the bar, and it's where he sees his girlfriend. And this is before he becomes a yes man. He, he gets all embarrassed and he tries to run out and mm. he hits somebody and all their drinks fly all over. But anyways, that, that bar is right down the street. Uh -huh. Nice. Yeah. All that the whole movie was just filmed around where I live. So it's really funny. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, no, it's really true. It's it kind of made me think after watching it. I'm like, how many things have I missed out on because I was too afraid to go for it? Oh, exactly. No. You know that's all. That's all I do. I just I don't even think about. it I just do it. And and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, oh well. I'm on to the next thing. Lesson learned. You know, I have I have a few bands here and there. You know that obviously, you know, didn't work out when I landed. Hmm. One in particular was in in Texas, and and the one guy was just. I mean, he could have been a good drummer, but he was tripping balls on ecstasy and he was bragging about it. I was like, oh, the ecstasy is kicking in. And no matter how good he thought he was a drummer, he wasn't that night, okay? <laughs> and so I had to replace him because, you know, that's nice that you're tripping balls, but I still have to, you know, somewhat entertain these people. <laughs> And and you and you and you're not you're not able to. So, anyways, I somebody else and they do the songs and okay, you play the drums instead. That was six years ago. This guy's still complaining, and I'm like, dude, I you know every once in a while, you know, he'll change his Facebook thing and you know I'll get some random message. You screwed me over. You're an ass. I'm like. That was like 500 shows ago, all right? <laughs> Let it go, yeah. <laughs> all right? Because I I haven't thought about it since the second I left. <laughs> because See? I got other things that I'm doing. And, and, you know, here's these people that are obsessed on you know, choices that they didn't make four or five years ago, 10 years ago, yesterday. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're obsessing on something you could have done 
instead mm-hmm. of doing something now? <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> this is something I need to hear because like, I'm one of those people that, ha- you know, I've held grudges. And when you do that, it's only hurting me. It is. Does it? No, it, it, it just it just consumes your energy. And the mm-hmm. more negative that you put into your own life, the more negative result that you're going to get. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not any sort of anti anything. I'm not like, don't don't drink, don't party, you know, believe this. I'm not one of those guys. But the only thing that I I know that works and it, and it works because I do it for myself and only for myself is you just go forward. Yeah. And, and the more positive energy that you're going to put into your life, the more positive things are going to happen. Because if you if you wake up in the morning and say it's a shitty day, it's going to be a shitty day because you are in control of your life. This is good. And you could have had the most wonderful day in your life. You know, I could have continued to borrow the $20 off my mom. And I could have continued to drink. And I could have continued to be the big fish in Buffalo. I had my band Green Jello. We were playing there. People came and saw us. Mm-hmm. And I could have been that local dude. Or I could have stepped outside my little pond and seen what's, uh, what's next to me and what's next to that and next to that. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that the, you know, the world is your home. And that the more that you own, the less that you actually get to do in your life. It holds you back. It holds you down to having stuff. It does. Freedom is owning nothing. Nothing at all. And I, and I, I was a guy. Okay. Now you can see, all right. Now this, this is a guy that's telling you, you know, freedom is owning nothing. Right. Okay. You see, you see, and all this stuff, right. Right. Okay. Now this is just my front room. All right. Mm-hmm. This is this is a guy who's telling you this, and I'm going to show you this right here. Now this is my main room. You see that wall? Wow. So what you got in all of those? It's different. A uh... hundred and fifty boxes of toys, all categorized. That that used to be, they used to be from the floor to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, where's the Diablo? There he is. That little boy right there. Yes. Um, as he grew, he went from, you know, laying on the bed to sitting up to standing up. Well, when he entered the standing up part of his life, that went the first row of all my toys. Huh. And then as he got taller, went the second row and then the third row. <laughs> And then there was just one point where I was like, all right, it's all going in a box. (laughs) (laughs) But literally, and my my ceiling is 20 feet tall. I had 50 cases like this that you see behind me Mm -hmm. filled. And then above that, it was just, you know, 
unopened toys that went all the way up to the ceiling. That's a, that's a <laughs> and, I, and I can send you pictures of it later. But yeah. it was, you know, the I guy get, telling you not to own anything. But I get the feeling that the only thing that you've taken with you is that Kiss lunchbox and whatever could fit inside of it. It, it's, it is true. Isn't that weird? Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. And, and and this is this is something else that's really cool. This over here. Um, this horse. Yeah. I've had since I was five. Oh. Since I was, I, uh, since my, my kid, since the uh, same age. Have you had to restore it at all? Or is no, it pretty much no. in the same condition? I, I take good care of it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I, and I, and I remember the day I got it. <laughs> Christmas, nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have it, and all three of my kids have played with it. That's but yeah, so so coming from a guy who owns a lot of things, you know, it's very strange to hear say, you know, the more you own, you, you do, you know, the less you do. But it, but it's true, and and I'm I, I'm doing my best to uh, I'm starting to sell things off just just so I can live by that a little bit more. Mm. Because um, last year, well, yeah, was it last year? Yeah, 2020 is really screwing me up. Last year, me and my wife and my son, Chaos, we all randomly just moved to Prague, Czech Republic. Really? Yeah. (laughs) And I I mean randomly. Mm -hmm. I was was doing the three-day mini tour thing. And uh, I had done Canada, and I've done all the United States, and I did all, all Mexico, and I was just sort of on repeat, you know. Mm-hmm. So one weekend I was like, I'm gonna get a little cocky. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a three day weekend in Europe. <laughs> so I booked a show Thursday in Vienna, and Friday in Germany, and Saturday in Prague, Czech Republic, and I hopped on a plane and I flew for 16 hours. And I landed and I played the three shows. And and when I went to Prague, I had played there in the 90s. And now I'm there again, but now I'm there on my own term, you know, I'm not in a hurry. And so I took a time to look around the city and, and it was just like the most gorgeous most mysterious mythical place I've ever seen in my whole life like every everything there was hundreds of years old there was nothing new at all it had been built in you know the year 760 okay 767 (laughs) it's hard to fathom isn't it Yeah. yeah and there it was still functioning Mm-hmm. And so I got on the plane and I'm coming home because again it was a three day tour. And I messaged my wife and said, "When I um, when I when I land, we're going to start packing and we're moving, <laughs> we're moving to Czech Republic because our little boy deserves to live in a place like this." And 
that was in November. And by April, we moved. Mm. And we lived in Prague, Czech Republic. And we had a gorgeous house and I booked all these shows there. Wow. So we played like two weeks of shows in Europe. And um, that generated enough cash for me to start living there. And I figured, hey, if, you know, if I could tour US, you know, I could tour Europe the same. You know, I sold records there probably also. Even, probably even better in Europe to yeah. be touring. Yeah, probably more they, people come out. Yeah, and it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. You know, the people in Europe are, are really appreciative of music, you know, mm -hmm. and especially live music. So um, we lived there. We had this gorgeous apartment. We played a bunch of shows. We wound up doing this huge uh, rock festival in Sweden called the Sweden Rock Fest. Mm. And we played in front of good 7,000 people. And so we were doing real good. And as we were leaving the Sweden Rock Fest, and we were just driving around randomly in Sweden, checking stuff out, because we, we moved. <laughs> we got that infamous statement. Where are your papers? Ooh. Oh. My papers. <laughs> yeah, here you go. My passport. No, your papers. That's it. This is your passport. Yeah, yeah. You are supposed to leave in seven days. What? What do you mean? Seven seven days. But 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 I leave in seven. I, I, but I live here. No, you, you, you just can't move to Europe. <laughs> I know. I guess you just can't I really didn't. move wherever you want. That's I, it, what they tell wrong. you in the United States. <laughs> right? There's, this, there's this, all this commotion right now about, you know, people coming into the United States illegally and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's making this big commotion and you're a terrible thing and how racist and, and all this commotion. Mm. The rest of the world doesn't allow you to move in there. Every country, I think, has a, some kind of immigration law. Yeah. Every country. <laughs> Everyone but ours. So here I'm thinking I can just... I, I moved from Buffalo, New York to California. I don't even know if people can just move to Canada either. I don't think so. No, think... you can't. No, all the, all the papers have to be... No. No, nope. yeah. the only place that you can get away with that is the United States. <laughs> but I need a green card to work in the United States. Well, but you're not really going to get kicked out. Uh, right. Like, oh, you're from Canada? Okay, then. <laughs> See, they, they basically, the police basically said, well, you either leave or we arrest you and confiscate your passport and then kick you out. <laughs> how can they take your passport? It's, it's that, how? That's American I mean, and, it belongs, I, they, to you they and it belongs to your country. Well, yes, but they could take it away from me, making it invalid for me to be there. But how do you get home? Well, then they just 
kick you out. Okay. <laughs> and then they give you back your, but but that but then they give you back the passport or they Got they seize it from you to okay, nope, you can't you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh really? I bought my apartment. <laughs> no, it's not your apartment. <laughs> so so we had to move back. And then what I found out, which wasn't that bad, is there's ways around it. So you can be there for three months. This is just Europe. Mm-hmm. Then you have to leave for three months. And then you, you can come back. So you can, you can live there six months out of the year. But you have to leave three months of it. So I could have, A, went to England and lived in London for three months. And then went back, you know, for three months and then just hopped back and forth. Got it. Or, you know, I could have got a visa. And and that's what my son did. My I have a 25-year-old son who had been on tour with me since he was 13. And God, it was like two years now, I think, if not three. Uh, He just randomly said, Dad, I'm going to move to China. (laughs) <laughs> and then the next month he was he left does he play yeah yeah uh. and um he's been living in china for the last three years so mm. he figured it out you know how to stay a uh, lengthy amount of time but you know again i didn't i didn't know and my time was up and they said get out <laughs> mm. but uh my my son decided that um he wanted he he wanted to move to China and and skate, and so he got a skateboard endorsement, and now he flies around China and he skates in his skateboard. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, That's he actually got a it. job. Yeah, he got a job being a skater. Mm-hmm. Well, right? I guess he learned from the best. He just went for it. There you go. That's the lesson and, and, that we need people to learn today. <laughs> Go for right? it. Yes. And see, and I had that same issue with, with, with Damien because he was born in the early 90s. He was born 94. And so a lot of people had established ways of how you raise your kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and here I am, you know, traveling the world with them, exposing them to all this, you know, stuff. And people are like, oh, you you can't do that with a kid. You're going to mess him up and blah, 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 blah. And when he grows up, he's going to rebel against you. And he doesn't drink. He doesn't party. He lives in China. He started off as a school teacher there. And now he's a professional skateboarder. Good for him. Yeah. Just, just be, again, what you just said, you know, he, he just went for it. Yeah. This didn't listen to uh, the 99 reasons why he could not first 99 reasons of why you cannot be a professional skateboarder. And then another 99 reasons why you cannot move to China and be a professional skateboarder. You know, I've, I've always told people, if you just focus on that 1% chance, Mm-hmm. There's no matter what there is in the world, you know, nothing's a hundred percent sure. But if you focus on that that one percent chance of actually 
winning and and you don't get overwhelmed by the 99 reasons of why you're going to fail. There you go. You wind up having a box full of Lee press on nails and, and a Grammy <laughs> invitation. It's beautiful. As you are. Tricks are for kids! your costumes over the years how do you, do you create them yourself yeah yeah I, I i've made every single one of them and uh you know the turning point again was uh, probably i'm gonna say five six years old just like my kid mm -hmm. um it was the 60s and uh I had single mom we lived in a housing project uh Things were a lot different back then, especially for women and jobs and working. So uh, we weren't very rich. And um, Halloween, this yeah. time of year, we're talking uh, 52 years ago, right about now. I wanted to be Snoopy for Halloween. Mm. And, I, and I saw this store-bought costume. And we couldn't afford it. Simple as that. So instead of my mom telling me that we were too poor and that I could not be Snoopy, my mom brought me home and she says, we're going to make you a Snoopy costume. And she got her wire coat hangers from the closet. And she bent them into weird little shapes and she taped them together. And then she got some flour and some water and she mixed it together. And she took some newspapers and she ripped them up and she put these ripped up newspapers in the flour and the water. And I'm just like, mom, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You're taking stuff out of the closet. You're ripping up paper. You're, you're, you're making a mess. 
and she took these newspaper shreds and she dipped them in the flour and the water paste and she put them on the coat hangers. And I was like, what are you doing? And the next day when it dried, she got some white paint and she painted it and it was instantly a Snoopy head. This, yeah. this, this clothes, they, uh, clothes hangers and, and paper and, and, and muck has somehow turned into the head of Snoopy. Yeah. And she put that head on me. And all of a sudden, her and her friends were like, oh, Snoopy's here. Oh my God, somebody called Billy. Billy, 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 Snoopy's. <laughs> they all knew I was Snoopy. All right. <laughs> I mean, I get it now, but suddenly, you know, in my mind, they didn't. I disappeared and I became Snoopy. That's the best. <laughs> and I and I was. They believed I was Snoopy. I believed I was Snoopy. I looked in the damn mirror and I was Snoopy. It was the most fantastic day of my life. Mm. You know, your first Halloween that you remember, this was mine. Mm -hmm. And this is 1968. And also you fast forward this to 1981. And I'm, um, and I'm in my mom's basement and I got my friends over and we're making up a punk rock band named Green Jello. And I get that microphone and I, and, and it was terrible. We first tried to like do punk rock songs. We did Ramones. We couldn't do it. Sex Pistols. We couldn't do it. Yeah. And we were just terrible. And so I was like, I got it. Let's do our own songs. And that way, nobody will know that we messed them up. <laughs> Perfect. And then we started making it to our first song, Green Jello Sucks. It was easy. Green Jello Sucks. Green Jello Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Easy. But it was still terrible. So that's when I came up with Snoopy. We'll make costumes. We'll make costumes and we'll be terrible. And people can throw stuff at us and yell that we suck and give us the finger. <laughs> I figured a whole way around me not having any musical talent. Now it was distraction. Oh, wow. So I came up with this idea. I'm gonna find out what day the cafeteria in high school is having green jello. Cause they serve green jello all the time. Mm. I get the date and I tell all my friends and I drag in this PA that I rented from the local music store and I drag it into the cafeteria and I plug it in real quick throw down our instruments I jump up on the lunch table I drop my pants everyone give me the finger Green jello sucks. 
great. And they're all chanting it. And they start throwing the food at me. (laughs) This lasts about 30 seconds before the principal comes running down, rips me off the table, unplugs everything. And I instantly get thrown into in-school suspension. And it was that moment in my life that I knew my calling. I was going to be a jackass <laughs> for the rest of my life. This is brilliant. And then you speed it up six more years to 1987. And I find the ad in the paper. And I drive to California to be on the gong show to prove I have the worst band in the world. So three critical things here. Yes. The Snoopy 1968. The lunch table incident 1981. And the infamous... Lee Press on Nail Scandal of 1987. <laughs> without those three moments, without these three moments, we would not be talking. And I would be at work right now and I would be saying this Welcome to Walmart. I love you. <laughs> Welcome to Walmart. I love you. Welcome to Walmart. I love you. You were never going to let that happen. (laughs) To be honest. In an alternative universe, yes. I am working (laughs) at a Walmart. But this one, I'm living in a toy store. On Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Aliens. (laughs) What happens with the costumes? And then there's another band called Guar. Yes, 1985. You really did you develop a relationship with this band at some point? Yes, purely by accident. In 1989, they happened to be playing in Hollywood. And um, I had a friend of mine who was in a local gore band called Haunted Garage. His name was Dookie Flyswatter. And oh yeah, they were a wonderful Hollywood band. They were huge. And um, Dookie Flyswatter brought Guar to my show on a Wednesday night. And I was playing a little bar on a Wednesday. Probably 22 people there. And he brought Guar there. This is before even anybody even knew who they were. It was their first record, Hello. And after the show, this hefty bearded guy in overalls came up to me. He was like, your band is like ours. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> great. <laughs> and he proceeded to tell me that he was from Virginia and was in this band called Guar. And they were a lot like ours. And he was happy to see that there was another band doing similar stuff. And he invited me to the show. Mm. And so I went and saw his show the next day. And I'm going to say they had a little bit more than us, maybe a hundred people. 
but they had made their stuff out of rubber latex. Mm-hmm. And, I, and here I'm making my stuff still out of wire and paper mache. So the Snoopy thing never really stopped. It, it began again in 81 and I made the paper mache stuff. And, th- and that traveled with me all the way through Buffalo. And then, then when I got on the, in the car, drove to Hollywood and I started playing here, same thing, paper mache and, and chicken wire. And they last maybe two, maybe three shows and I'd have to build them again, but it was really no big deal. So they had this thing called rubber latex which was basically the same thing that I was doing, but instead of taking ripped up pieces of newspaper and dipping them in the flour and water, they were ripping up pieces of white sheets, like bedding. And then they were taking that and they were dipping that into liquid rubber, liquid latex, and then they would apply it on a foam sculpture that they made out of couch cushions couch cushion foam and i was like oh my god same technique but different materials yeah so then i started garbage picking foam you know anybody threw out a couch i would grab it and steal the foam because foam you know there wasn't like a foam store no well not one that i found yet and so i was doing this technique for a while and I did that all the way up until 2008. So from 1989 to 2008, almost 20 years, I was just using the foam and rubber latex technique. And, and basically they were doing this, like I said, they were doing the same thing, but you know, it's a little different. They, they were more sculpting their foam you know, they would um, uh, carve it out of clay, you know, whatever they wanted. And then they would uh, make a cast. And then they would make this two-part foam that they would inject into the cast. And then they would apply the latex. And so that was just way too complicated for me. Again, I, I like simple. Mm-hmm. So I just broke it down into just getting the foam itself. And I would cut the shapes with scissors and I would glue them on. You know, so I skipped the whole carving it out of clay and making the mold. I, I tried, but it was just too much for me. And it and it shows a lot more detail when you do it, but when you're at a bar and everybody's drunk and they're moshing, they don't see the detail in the cow head, you know? They just see the shape. So I didn't really think I needed the detail. So I just started making foam sculptures out of it with scissors and gluing them and, and then putting the rubber latex over it. And uh, that worked for 20 years. And then when I was on tour in 2008, you know, a fan who was a little kid who had now had his own child brought him to a Green Jello show. And this. uh, And that's where the power died and we lost our alien transmission. Damn it. Thank you, Bill Manspeaker, for being on the show. It sucks that the interview got cut off like so suddenly, but uh, hey, what a great storyteller. I was so happy to have him on. Check out their official website, greenjellosucks.com. That's G-R-E-E-N-J-E-L-L-O-S-U 
xx.com. We get all the social media for green jello or green jelly <laughs> right there. So thanks again, Bill. Next week on the show, my special guest will be DJ Law from Ottawa, Ontario, who used to be a member and a founding member of a rap group straight out of Ottawa, Organized Rhyme. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of Organized Rhyme. If you don't know who that is in related to, remember Tom Green had a rap group? That's the rap group. So come check it out next week on the show. And until then, I hope you all stay safe and take care. Give us a call. Bye. Follow us on Facebook at Dope Nostalgia, Instagram, Dope underscore Nostalgia, or on Twitter at Nostalgia Dope. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work. Podcasting is so much fun, but it's kind of expensive too. We got to pay for stuff like licensing fees, hosting fees, long distance phone calls, etc., etc. You get the drill? Okay. Well, we have a new thing called Patreon. Now, Dope Nostalgia has a Patreon account where you can subscribe to premium content. And what that means for you is for the very low starting price of $1 a month, you'll be able to get the podcast two days in advance of the regular release. Not only that, $3 a month, you get exclusive video content just for you guys to check out bonus stuff all the time that you don't get with the regular show. So check it out, patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Become a subscriber today and get all the good perks.